Hey! Welcome to a very special bonus episode of Telling Everybody Everything. I have had an incredible week as always. A lot of you are reaching out. I'm noticing on my social media and the emails, you're asking about Bobby's hole. My husband, Bobby Kay, he's been out in the garden digging his hole. It's a giant growing hole that I've updated in uh, with photos and size updates on my social media. It's in our deck, in the patio, whatever you want to call it. Just a massive crater now right in the middle of the patio. Bobby is developing some very strong dad instincts, I think. You get to a certain age and that happens. You know, he gets to the airport super early and for no reason that I can understand, he has dug a hole and carried a comfortable chair down to the bottom of said hole. And he spends about an hour in the morning sunshine just sitting on that chair. Questions that I have received regarding the hole. Um, what is the hole for? What's going in Bobby's hole? Uh, why the hole? Is he digging the hole all by himself? Uh, a lot of men have reached out wanting to know exactly what kind of tools and equipment Bobby's using to excavate his hole. Look, none of the above is any of my business. It's got nothing to do with me, this hole. The suspense on the gram is building. Secretly, yes, I know what's going to become of the hole. I know what the hole is for. I don't think he's trying to dig his way out of our marriage. Currently, it doesn't look good. He's spending a lot of time in that chair. But I promise to keep you posted. Re the hole. I love receiving your emails. If you would like to write me an email, usually with a question, the address is telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Over the last nearly a full year that I've been doing this conversation with all of you, I have received so many emails about relationships and dating. This is a constant in the inbox. And I try to give my best advice, but in some very literal and concrete ways, I am deeply unqualified. My relationships are like most female homicides. I knew the guy first. I am, as many of you know, married now, but while I was single, I completely missed the online dating boat. Never had a profile, never exchanged flirtatious DMs with a potential love interest, never really branched out at all, and ended up with a man who was born in the same ward of the same hospital as I was, and then we grew up down the block from one another and went to the same school. Adorable, but when you think about how vast this planet is, a lot of you might be thinking, what a bust. That's not to say that I don't believe in the magic, the spontaneity, and the true connections that come from dating apps. Because several of my friends are either married now and or have had really positive experiences with people that they've met online. And let me tell you, one absolute hunk who is both single on their own terms and happy to explore the exciting possibility of new relationships online, that hunk, whom I'll be talking to later, is the love of my life, my perfect match, my best friend, my gorgeous husband, back by popular demand, Bobby Kay. Yes, this is a special episode of Telling Everybody Everything brought to you by Match, who are championing people to date positive and to be single on their own terms. I have noticed from your emails and I was sickened to learn that a rise in single shaming since the pandemic has left daters feeling downbeat. So I'm happy to be partnering with Match to try to fix some of that today and to get everyone in the right mood for summer love. 
I'll be chatting with an expert so you'll be armed with more than my quite misguided and often dangerous dating advice. Haley Quinn joins us shortly. Haley is an internationally recognized dating expert, TED speaker, and startup founder. Her membership websites, HaleyQuinn.com, social media platforms, and signature live training events teach her unique approach to love and dating to thousands of people across the genders. You'll know Haley from lots of TV, radio, magazines, or maybe you are one of over one million people who have watched her TED Talk. My grandpa was called Ted, so anytime I hear about a Ted talk, I honestly think of him just lurching around the kitchen, shaking his fist, going, you goddamn broads. He was fun. But first, let me tell you about Match. Match is the ultimate dating service in the UK. Almost one in three online daters have used Match, and almost one in five singles who met their partners online met on Match. Match continues to empower singles to meet exciting and interesting people that you would not otherwise have met. Almost 1.6 million people in the UK have met their partner on Match. Single shaming winds me right up. I did a whole stand-up tour and Netflix special about it. It's called Glitter Room. It's streaming over there now. I truly feel that if you carry shame, you are more likely to make bad decisions for yourself. That is from my own personal experience. You will attract similar energy to the vibe that you're giving off. So if you are negative and you think that you're worthless, you will find someone who agrees with you point blank. So here are some facts and figures that Match have very kindly sent over. 38% of singles have been pitied for not having a partner and 30% for living alone. This is despite nearly 60% saying they're actually content with their relationship status. However, for those singles who are looking for love, the pandemic has not stopped them in their quest, and 31% say they've enjoyed how it's given them the opportunity to get to know a potential partner in much more depth than they might have in real life. Looking at some of the features on Match, I can see why. There are over 70 different search criteria. It is not possible to ask a stranger 70 questions to filter out the good ones in a random public transport encounter. Match also offers the video call feature. This looks good to me because it is so important to get a feeling for how people move and speak. And you can do this from the safety and comfort of your own home now. Or if you're any of my exes, your grandma's basement. (laughs) LOL. 57% of match video calls are initiated by men. And finally, Match has Lara, the virtual dating coach. You can count on Lara for everything you need. Dating advice, personalized selections, tips to improve your profile, and icebreakers for your first messages. So I get that there's pressure being single, and there shouldn't be. I know that modern dating can be a minefield, but it's also a hugely exciting and rewarding process. I want you to come away from this special episode of Telling Everybody Everything feeling confident in your relationship status and empowered, whether you're looking for commitment or simply taking the time to enjoy your dating journey. And that journey is unique to everyone. So thank you, Match, for this special episode and for hooking me up with Haley Quinn, who I cannot wait to speak to. But first, oh yes, you've been begging for him. You love his sweet, sultry voice and you absolute chumps did not snatch him up when you had the chance when he was on online dating websites. I am so pleased to introduce my husband, Bobby Kay. Wow, what an intro. 
Yeah, always. This is always how I talk about you, in public and in private. Well, that's very kind. Thank you for having me. With my pastor. Well, I don't know if you're going to be happy that I'm having you because I want to talk about online dating. And usually uh, when a yes. husband and wife do this, there is a lawyer present. Yeah, it's not a pretty scene in a lot of uh, situations, <laughs> however. I'm not mad. You're not too mad about it, which is great. I Well, hey. past. I'll tell you what I am mad about is that I didn't know. I genuinely think a lot of women especially don't realize that there are turbo hunks on there like you. Well, there, I mean, it kind of goes both ways. I mean, online dating now is a lot more um, safe. I, I mean, it's definitely more safe than going out, yep. having a few drinks, making a bad decision and trying to meet someone that way. It's a bit easier starting point. You can kind of filter out, you know, behind a screen rather than, you know, face to face. In a parking lot. In a parking lot after <laughs> three uh, vodka tonics or something, you know, it's... Um, You're right. It's a lot safer. So that attracted you to it. Yeah. And... There's a lot of things that are attractive about it. Like there's a you know wider pool. You can kind of um, tailor what kind of person you're looking for and go from there. Yep. Do you feel like dating would be different now if you happen to be single in this pandemic? Oh, single in the pandemic. I mean, you'd almost you know require I would think online dating because you're going to date your you know sister <laughs> or you know you'd, you'd have to where and, we grew up maybe and you can get to know someone over the course of however long the lockdowns are built up excitement for when you're finally released so you can meet you know this person or mm. multiple people who you've been talking to that's the beauty of online dating you're not necessarily tied to one person you can kind of explore the option with a few not committed to them but you can explore a few different options and kind of see how it uh, progresses that's very american because as you know i dated someone from new york and that kid went on a date every night of the week. And in Britain, they don't do that as much. I think maybe in the, this new modern dating world, they do. But I find that once you start dating someone, or maybe I'm just old school. Like that's No, I think dating. that's a bit American. And yeah. in Canada, it's kind of more talk to a bunch of people and then select who you like to go on dates with. Um, it is nice to go out and actually meet the person. Um, pubs are opening up and everything else. So I think that singles are reinvigorated and some of them are looking for a long-term commitment and some of them are just looking for a positive experience right would you say your positive experiences outweighed your negative ones um i definitely had more positive experiences than negative ones um i mean there's certainly some times where there'll be a little bit of disappointment you ran away <laughs> a couple of dates you know they're not quite what you think they may be but then there's <laughs> other ones that are, are quite lovely so again it's better than the alternative in most cases of running into someone randomly. It's so something it, to do. It seems fun. It is fun. And I mean, it's just the way of the world now, isn't it? Um, it is. Especially the younger generation, like the, they'll be online dating for the rest of their lives. Okay. So finally, let me ask you this. There are a lot of singles who listen to the podcast and who reach out in the emails. As you know, if they're online dating, what can they do to maximize their profiles. What kind of pictures did you like to see? What kind of first messages did you like to receive? Definitely you want to stand out. So some of the, the first messages that a guy will receive is like, hi, how tall are you? And yeah. we like that's the question we get all the time. And it's, I get it. You want to know how tall they are, but some of these got like, I'm just tall enough that it does not really a factor, but there are times they're like, oh, you're not six foot you're out of here. Um, but once you get to know someone and you do meet in person, the height just absolutely fades away and doesn't matter as much. So, um, I mean, try and hold off on the height question as the first opening line. Plus, it just reveals you as a basic, basic bitch. Well, that's kind of it. It's just, 
and you may not even mean it. Maybe that's just like you're probably messaging a bunch of people. You're like, oh, how tall are you? No, but, never in my life would I message someone and be like, hi, how tall are you? Ever. Yeah. Well, it happens quite a bit. So <laughs> the, I would just say, you know, be different, stand out, be authentic, be genuine, be yourself. Don't be afraid to, you know, step outside of, you know, whatever box you perceived yourself to be in. When you meet someone, you don't have to hide anything. They already kind of have a better feel. So it's not as awkward if you've got some doctored photos or, you know, you're 10 years older than the picture that you, the pictures that you have, you know, you're just setting yourself up and the person you're meeting up for disappointment. And, it, you know, it's better to go in and expect what you expect and get what you expect. If that makes sense. Yeah, but that's kind of fine too, because you knew me for 20 years kind of from television where I had a professional hair and makeup artist and stylist, and now you have to wake up next to me every day in a pandemic, and I'm kind of a cat, a giant catfish. No, you're not. I think No, I you're not. You think <laughs> that, but you're not. If you can hear snorting noises, the dogs follow Bobby everywhere, and Megan is in here. This is how loved he is in the house. Yeah. Someone said to me on the podcast last week, oh, I could hear dinner was ready, your stomachs were rumbling. I was like, no, Megan can't breathe. Well, Bobby, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. That was the anecdotal chat, but now let's shift straight over to the expert. It's Haley Quinn. We are not in the same room. I know people love to be COVID police. She is in her home. I am in mine. I'll call Haley right now. Haley Quinn, thank you so much for being on this very special match episode of Telling Everybody Everything. Uh, I do my best, but you our love and relationship expert. I know. I didn't think I'd end up being one of those either. A full-blown expert. Tell me about that. How, how did you get into it? You know what? I got in by accident. I actually think that I'd had a really bad breakup like circa 10 years ago. And back in the day, this is just when blogging and Twitter had just become a thing. So it was actually really easy to reach out to people. And I reached out to a bunch of people who wrote dating blogs. At the time, I was also desperately trying to find a job and managed to get my first gig basically writing blogs, ghostwriting blogs for male dating coaches. So I was writing as if I was a 42-year-old man living in New York. And that kind of spiraled and now I'm here today and I'm kind of like a dinosaur of the dating industry I think I feel like I've been around for ages that's amazing so we're super lucky to have you because today I really want to get into not just internet dating but mm -hmm. the um pandemic generally how that has changed dating so let's talk about that first what is going on in the pandemic? I think at the start of the pandemic, we saw a lot of people doing the online dating thing because I think they mm. had this idea like, oh, I'll probably be over in a few months. Um, so they embraced online dating. Zoom dates became a real thing. But then obviously morale might has been really badly impacted. And to give credit to the singles out there, they have tried to be really creative in terms of keeping their dating lives going during this really weird time in history. But it has been challenging. So people are being resourceful. Do you find they're turning more to dating apps? Yeah, dating apps have been the thing, um, as have been Zoom dates, as have been quite a few chilly walks around the park as well. What does it take from like day one messaging someone on a dating app? What are the steps to get you to a chilly walk in the park? 
to get anywhere, it requires the other person's participation. So you can be like, oh man, I really want to go on that chilly walk in the park, but it's going to require a level of connection. If people aren't getting the matches they want online, there's going to be so many things you can do to troubleshoot. You can look at your profile pictures, um, rewrite that profile. The first message is pretty important because mm. if you can imagine if you got an inbox full of, hey, how are you? Or, hey, how's the dating going during COVID? Like it's, <laughs> it's just too generic and you're going to get lost in the shuffle. So you're going to have to go in there with a pretty specific punchy first message. Um, and then if the other person responds to that, I actually think, you know, it's, it's so far away from the old fashioned don't call them for two days. Like instant chat is a thing as you said moving on to using video in app is a really big thing and i think the video date um in fact there were some interesting stats from match that said 18 percent of people are going to carry on the zoom answering they're going to carry on the video date even after the pandemic has ended so it's but like the video date has become part of our dating culture where it's like a, a pre-interview that we do before we exit house you know and like get out of our loungewear so you're going to have to go through all of those different phases and steps but it's important to not just look at someone's profile be like you know what they look exactly like my type they're gorgeous and then be like hell-bent on asking them out for a date you know the other person has to contribute they have to be willing and there has to be a level of connection just beyond thinking their profile looks good so what would you recommend like what is a good punchy first line that's not hey hey how's dating in the pandemic nice nice photos Okay, so the thing is, you're going to have to look at something specific on their profile because everyone wants to feel like that they're being listened to and paid attention to. But in terms of how you pick that up, think about your phrasing. So instead of saying like, hey, Catherine, how's your weekend going to begin the message? It's like you've already lost them. It's not it's not exciting as a structure. If on your profile you happen to be like that you were into comedy, if you started your message, comedy, question mark, exc exclamation mark, okay, I've quick question are you into x y or z or could i convince you to check out blah 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 instead so immediately just by changing the word order i know this sounds a bit like an english literature class and i'm sorry um that will make an impact also it said picking up on that specific detail and using really nice confident assertive phrasing that's playful like asking someone oh could i convince you to try this or like your um or could i twist your arm into that it's just approaching the tone of the messages in a way which shows that you're going to be a fun, playful, interesting person to interact with. Because sometimes I think it's a habit people can get into is when we write on email or a messaging service like in a dating app, we get it, we can get a lot more formal than we are when we actually verbally speak. So instead, you want to do your best to imitate the style in which you speak in your online dating messages. Yeah, because, you know, a girlfriend of mine back in Canada She's online dating and there is a man that she's talking to and he seems really nice. He's got great photos. He seems like a very serious um, person who's seeking real connection. But he, when he writes to her, the way that he writes, there's this dissonance from how you would behave in real life. Mm -hmm. And he adds a hundred consonants to the end of everything. Mm -hmm. So he'd be like, hey, Laura. How are you doing a hundred ends? And we can't, we can't figure out if she should meet this man because he just doesn't have, he doesn't have the English literature skills that you mentioned. I mean, that is important to a lot of us. 
Well, I think sounding sounds like she might need to do a, a is a bit of a Zoom date there or a phone call. So yeah. I think as well, if you're on the fence about someone, I also think it's it's so easy to be judgy <laughs> in the in the online world yeah. because we don't have that ability to get that level of personal connection. And I think sometimes a real thing can be kind of eliminating people too early or maybe being a bit closed minded as to who you might connect with. So I think if you're borderline about something, do a Zoom call, do it through the app because then, you know, no personal details are exchanged and like do it when you're out and about doing something like you know, if it was pre-lockdown days, you would do it like on the walk to the tube or something. So, you know, you've got five minutes and then like that is it. The Wi-Fi is gone so that if it doesn't connect, you've got your get out clause there. But I think we get a much better sense of someone when we actually speak to them rather than just messaging them online. Totally. You need to hear their voice and see their body language. And I wasn't aware that this Zoomance, you called it, feature mm-hmm. was available now. Zoomance. There's new language and everything since I since I got off the market. Let me tell you this about my husband, by the way, such a catch. Uh I currently have a husband. Um, I did not meet him on a dating app, but he was available on dating apps before I met him. Wow. I know. And if anyone, you know, who knows me has seen him online or seen him in my life, he is perfect. He's the most wonderful man in the world. I actually don't regret marrying him at all yet. But he must have been going wrong somewhere with these. I don't know what I've asked him. And I'm fascinated about all his online dating experiences. I think he was using filters that made him look a little. He wasn't popping. He was using photos with his friends. Uh, Mm. It wasn't clear who he was. So like, what about what? I mean, what could he have done better? (laughs) I'm glad he was not successful, but... Oh, I'm also glad I'm not the only person that has interrogated husband over like exactly what dating activity that they were doing before we met. Um, I love uh, it. And I don't do it in a judgmental or shameful way. I feel like I missed out because I have, there's no stigma as far as I'm concerned over online dating. I think it's really cool. When I was, yeah, a lot of us are limited. Our grandparents, our parents were limited to like your cousins or who lived in your town. For your husband, though, it sounds like a classic example of the photo quality wasn't in the right place. And like it or lump it, we live in the age of Instagram and therefore our expectations of what qualifies as a good photo have just gone through the roof. And lots of the things that you said there, like creating filters, Mm -hmm. having lots of friends in the picture, sombrero, wearing a sombrero or a big hat, or like having a picture of yourself by the pyramids where you're absolutely teeny tiny um, in the frame. All of those things take away our ability to fully and clearly see who you are and therefore create trust. And so everyone out there, we need to have at least three to six really good photos. As you said, they've got to be popping. They've got to be high resolution, new photos, preferably taken with natural light. Uh, you know, think about also your background, like as a dating coach, you can imagine I've, I've trawled through a lot of online dating profiles. And sometimes I'm looking in the background, and I'm like, that's an ironing board. And you just you just want you just if there's stuff in the background, you want to zoom in and have a look. So clean backgrounds tend to make look way better in pictures. So I would think about take all of those things into consideration. And if you're not getting the matches you want, first of all, just do a reshuffle on the photos. And if the background is not clean. I mean, at least pick up your damn room where it's like a messy, terrible, no one has a headboard anymore. These single men are sleeping on bare mattresses with a ton of clothes on the floor. It just feels like adopting a college student. I mean, I... 
Right. Well, you've got to sell people a little bit on like, this is what it would be like to hang out with me. Yeah. And, you know, that's why like having a nice picture when you're in some like outside cafe and, you know, the, the woman would think, oh, alfresco dates, you know, that's so much more appetizing than like gym lift mirror selfie. Oh. We don't want to do that, guys. And the sunglasses is another bad one. Take the sunglasses off. No gym selfies. You holding a dead fish. Canadian dating profiles is usually them holding a dead fish. Let's talk about single people because my last show, which is streaming on Netflix, Glitter Room, it was all about empowering single women specifically because I think that we experience the lion's share of single shaming. Uh, what can you tell me about single shaming? It is those phrases like... So have you met anyone yet? Mm. I'm sure you'll meet someone soon. Or is my, this is my classic, my nan. This is my nan's classic. She used to say, there must be queues of men lining up to date you. And in <laughs> fact, I was like, no. <laughs> you know, how do I say no, there isn't? So it's, it's kind of comments that people make which come out of context that kind of come from a place where it's like there's something a bit strange about you for being single and there's something weird and they can be really bad because on the one hand a lot of people are content out there being single there was another stat from match that said 59 percent of people said they were really happy with how they are which i think is great yeah. so you may be kind of shaming a single person who's like very empowered and very happy with where they are right now or if someone is looking for love and they maybe just had a really, you know, a bad date as we have all had, then that's just not a helpful statement to make towards them either. So it's about learning how we can check in with people without using that language, which kind of sets it up like there's something strange about being single. I agree. And I think if you feel shameful about who you are or the position that you're in, then you're not in an empowered position to date positively, to make the right choices. Because I have certainly been there when I was a single mother dating. Um, I made terrible choices because I felt that I was deserving of mm -hmm. terrible outcomes. Yeah, you're so right. So I think it's I think on one hand, it's okay to be like, you know what, I'm having a bit of a down day about this. I think we all are allowed to have duvet days where we're just like, okay, that was a bad day or that was a bad episode of my life. And I'm just going to get some ice cream now. And I'm going to watch my favorite, you know, show on Netflix. However, it's about when you want to date positively and make really good decisions. And by the way, good decisions doesn't have to mean like, find your husband or your wife or your partner. It could just be get the dating experiences that you want. It could be actually being single, but in a way that's really fun and motivating, like it was in the movies, you know, it's, yeah. but it's coming from a space where you, act, and it's such a cliche. And I used to absolutely hate people telling me this when I was single, but you have to love yourself first. It's true. You have to be in a good space for yourself. You have to be being like, being single is awesome. It's the bestest thing ever. And yeah. then you can start to have really good experiences and it's a process normally to get there. And do you think that a lot of people on match are happy being single and are just looking around just to meet people, maybe for entertainment versus the number of people on Match who are actively seeking a real connection with a life partner. I think a lot of people on Match are looking for that to start something real and to find that meaningful connection. Mm. But I also think meaningful connections for people, they don't have to ultimately always end at the altar. You know, there's ways that people can have good dating experiences 
where the end result isn't that we get married and run off into the sunset. So I think it's about whether you want to have that like big lifelong relationship or you just actually want to go on a few dates with someone. It's about approaching it in a way where you can find that motivating and fun. You don't expect to get moving uh, life advice from a Tyler Perry sketch, but I believe it was a Tyler Perry sketch where he was dressed as his grandmother And he was giving advice to a single person in his family on the stage. And he said, people come into your life for a reason or a season or a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And when someone walks out of your life, it's not a failure. You let them go. And and it was there for a purpose. And that's how I felt um, right before I met my husband. I thought, you know what? If I have a relationship for five years that's a success. And then another one for five years, mm-hmm. that's it. And maybe that might be my pattern. I thought, well, that'd be quite lovely. And I learn a lesson every five years and I get to uh, start again. So not, you know, not every relationship has to end at the, the grave. <laughs> right. And also it's really important that you brought that up because I think a lot of people fear exiting a relationship or to stop dating someone who isn't right for them because it's just the thought of going back to square one is so unimaginable. It's like, oh no, that means I have to join a dating app and that means I'm going to have to meet people again and I just don't want to go through that. And that that mindset can really keep people stuck. So as you said, if people can see that you're not actually, like it's not like a big game of snakes and ladders where you're just going to go right back down to the bottom again that actually every experience you have taken the right way can actually give you more clarity about what you want it can help you make clear about your, what your boundaries are it can actually bring you confidence so you're you're going to be further down the road towards meeting someone who is good for you it's not a start again absolutely and I tell my friends who are in maybe stagnant or unhappy relationships I think you're scared of leaving for whatever reason, you you don't want to be alone or you don't know where the next exciting entanglement will come from. But you have to think of it two ways. Number one, I feel like if you really do love your partner, but you're not in love with them and they're a good person, you might be blocking them from meeting the love of their life or their next adventure. And if you knew that you know, pure happiness was only three years away, mm-hmm. but it was coming, then would you stay in the relationship that you're in now not very happy and pass it up you wouldn't right exactly I like what you did then that's almost like psychotherapy or something you know but it's good you know getting people to imagine what it might be like in three years time and then looking back about what advice you might give to someone and I think as well like you said it's about instead of feeling it you know that bridge between is it making me feel excited about the opportunity here or am I like feeling anxious and dreading it there's actually could sometimes be a fine line between those two things it's about trying to get into a space where you can be like okay something really really amazing could happen and I do think we reinvent ourselves throughout our lives I think we change so much um, as the years go by and the person that you're growing into will probably find someone who they you find a much stronger connection with than the person who you are today so I think we have similar advice when uh, dealing with having been single shamed, but how would you advise people not to accidentally single shame their friends? Like what's some positive language that we can use? Okay, so first of all, obviously checking in with people, especially during the pandemic, is a good thing to do. But I would keep it broader. I would just, instead of saying like, 
oh, you know, you must, you must be feeling lonely. Whenever we use the word you, it feels like we're passing a judgment towards the other person. Instead, if you say, you know, I've been feeling kind of lonely recently, the other person might share and connect with you on that. Or you could ask a broad question about how someone's feeling, then just trust them that if they want that help and support that they can then direct you to it rather than assuming that just because they're single that they must be like desperately unhappy with their lives and I think a really important point to remember is that happiness doesn't mean the same thing to everyone you know we don't all have the same version of happy so even if you're really happy in that relationship setup um, and you might wish that for your friends that may not be their wish so you've got to keep checking in with people and not jump to conclusions. That's really good advice. Do you feel like men and women experience single shaming in the same way? I was convinced this was a woman issue. This was a like, you're going to be left on the shelf. Nobody's going to want you. You're going to be an old crone. However, what's amazed me is how many men have actually reached out to me since we started talking about this and being like, yeah, that's been me too. So it's obviously something that does, at least now in the modern era, go both ways. And, you know, I think we're starting to understand so much more about men. One of the very happy side effects of feminism, I think, that I try to keep reminding men is that as much as we talk about equality and we center some of these conversations as women around women, then I think it empowers men to talk about their mental health, to maybe stay home with children, to talk about loneliness, to talk about um, what they want out of a relationship from a position that's not oh, what you might see on a reality TV show. You know, it's not this toxic, predatorial, hunter-gatherer perspective. Like, they, you, you have a little boy. Like, men just want to be loved as well. Totally. Like, men have feelings too. You know, and I think it's such, it's actually like a really good mindset. And I say this as someone who's been 100% guilty of not doing this in the past. But, you know, if you've had a bad dating experience, it's easy to start Googling like 25 red flags. He's a narcissist or something like that. But it's like, just don't go down that rabbit hole. Yes, I'm not saying there are a few strange people out there, but the majority of people, even if they don't ultimately want the same things as you, are really good people. They're well-intentioned. They mean well, even if it doesn't always come out that way. So I think another really important thing for dating is trying to create that positive expectation around what's going to happen. Like just how you said before you met your husband, you're like, I am loving single life. You know, this is great. I'm learning so much. I'm really enjoying myself. You know, if I, I'm excited about what's going to happen, you know, I, you know, imagine that I'm going to have some really interesting experiences. Like in that mindset, that's where you really also start to gravitate towards having more positive dating experiences. But what I think attracts me now, if I were single to the online um, medium on Match, you can put so much criteria and really curate exactly the kind of partner that you're looking for before you accidentally fall in love with someone based on geography. Is there any point that the specificity becomes a turnoff because I have heard that people, they bring up babies too soon or they bring up marriage too soon or they have too much criteria. Well, you're totally right. It is about balance. Um, So on the one end of the spectrum, you don't want to be so rigid in that, you know what, if they don't have, I don't know, brown hair or they're like, you know, they don't work in a specific kind of job, then that's it. I'm not interested. But on the other side, you don't want to be 
some like not reflect on your experiences and become clearer about what you want so i think to have expect your standards in the right place is good and, and for me right place is like how do i want someone to treat me how do i want to communicate with them how do i want to feel in someone's company like those are sort of better questions to ask yourself rather than sometimes if you focus too much on stuff like you know height job um it can end up you can end up describing kind of like an every person you know like the sort of like checklist of what makes a great person on paper rather than someone who actually will really support and connect with you height is why my husband was left on the dating sites for too long because women they ask first the first things they would ask him he said were how tall are you how tall are you how tall are you and he's 511 but I think maybe he's 5'10". I don't know, but he's not six feet anyway. And women, some of them would meet him and the first words out of their mouth were, you're not 5'11". Oh or it's so height focused. Where do you think that comes from? I mean, I mean, like I know that how people would talk about it is that they want to feel safe and protected and that's just what they're attracted to. But I think sometimes you have to question this stuff because imagine if it was the other way around yeah. and somebody walked onto a date with us and they're like, oh my God, you're not a size eight. Like that would be mortifying slash they'd probably be dead, you know, within about two <laughs> minutes. So we have to question like if it's, you know, I agree if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. And I think if there's this other way around of looking at things, you should actively challenge who you think your type was. In my perspective, I think our type is hypothetical until we meet someone that we really click with. And yeah. things like, you know, how tall a person is. I mean, really like, you know, if you're looking for a long-term relationship and you're like, I don't know, having a baby or some major life event, someone's height isn't going to really make that much difference in that scenario. Someone who's supportive, who's caring, who you feel relaxed with, that's what actually really counts. Absolutely. And I think it's also related. I honestly believe that um, the body image stigma that women have experienced for so long and this idea that we should shrink ourselves, that we should be small, I think that might be where the tall thing comes from because we probably don't care at the end of the day, but we've been conditioned to go, oh, well, if he's big, then I'll look smaller and then I will be more acceptable in this society. So hopefully a lot of that's melting away. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really interesting, I hadn't actually thought of that. That's a great point because I've heard women say like, oh, you know, I like a bigger guy because then I get to feel smaller. So, yeah, it's like you say, it's like you said before, it's a partner. It's about how they make you feel. So this height Mm -hmm. thing is spins back around to be a reflection on you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I think that maybe if you come back to that point of self-acceptance and sometimes I think we look for a person because they may have some qualities that we actually want in ourselves. Like, you know, it might be like, wow, I really want someone who's successful or who's really stable because I'm not feeling 100% secure in that area yet and of course we're all on our own journeys of like figuring stuff out but I always think it's more valuable to go back to yourself and think okay how can I bring these qualities for myself how can I create that for myself so that's not my driving force I'm needing that from a partner and it's so off-putting it is so off-putting to the men when your first question out the gate is how tall are you when you approach 
like a very early first date before you've established any kind of compatibility, any kind of connection, and you're already focused on the thing that you want, of course, the other person that day isn't going to feel like you're really being with them and they're not going to feel like you're there for them. They're going to feel like you're there because you want something. And that's not cool. Well, speaking of slow pace, because we have now been in lockdown for an entire year, pretty much on and off. I think people are itching to get out there. They really want to seize the day, have a meaningful interaction with someone, meet someone new. So how can singles be most successful as this lifts, as we're all out in the beer gardens safely in the summer, hopefully? Um, How can they put their best foot forward on match right now? Okay, so the first thing is, remember, it does come down to personal responsibility. It's it's on you, and that is such a good thing. It's not about waiting for somebody to sweep you off your feet. It's about how can you get practical on this? How can you take some action steps to actually get towards your goals? Whether that is setting up a profile on Match, changing up your profile pictures, sending those messages, giving a little flirty eye at the person across the beer garden this summer, looking at your dating patterns, you know, probably after 12 months, of the pandemic thing, you'll have had some time to reflect on that. And it really all comes back to ourselves. I I truly believe that it's not a case of meeting this perfect person. It's actually just becoming the version of ourselves who's ready to have the relationship that we want. I feel like I've been slightly radicalized by the pandemic and it's made me a little socially anxious. Mm. How do you think people can use the tools on Match to slowly feel more comfortable putting themselves out there before the beer garden reality of the situation. (laughs) Well, I think slowly is the key word and going slowly is actually positive. I think sometimes when we really focus on that big end goal, like alter, 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 we rush the decision-making process and often make ourselves feel uncomfortable as we're going. So slow is good. So in match, you've got, you can actually call someone in app. So you can do the video day, you can do your Zoom answering. And I would introduce that as part of your dating etiquette, because I know we're all fed up with Zoom, but if you feel it kind of like anxiety inducing the idea of going and meeting someone who you don't know um, for a date that is a good gateway to start to build a bit of connection with them and then perhaps if you've had a few phone calls if you've had a nice feeling like the chat is flowing really well the idea of actually going you know getting out of loungewear and into bar may feel slightly less daunting how do you feel about answering a few of my listener emails while I have oh I would love that It'll be a big change for them to have an expert because I usually just have a real go at it with uh, no experience. Okay, let me see. Oh, perfect. This is so odd. One's just come in now and the title is Girl Problem. Hey, Catherine. My name is someone from London and I need your help. When I was in year 10, I had a girlfriend for half a year and then she told me her parents didn't want her to have a boyfriend. So we broke up and I was gutted because she was the prettiest girl at school. Two weeks later, I see her with a new boyfriend, so I stopped talking to her. Then we went to the same college. I never said a word to her. Cut to eight years later. Now I'm doing well in life. She started liking my photos on Instagram about a month ago and wished me a happy birthday last week. Now she has messaged saying she wants to meet up. What should I do? I've not replied to any of her comments or message. I don't think you can blame someone for for, uh, giving you the cold shoulder in year 10. We're a decade on and she's using the internet to reach out. What does she mean? What does she want? What does he do? Well, I think there's been quite a bit of this in the pandemic as well. It's been the blast from the past have been coming back, I think, is because maybe some of our 
other options to meeting people haven't been as open as normal so obviously the, the liking a bunch of pictures and sending a happy birthday message I'm going to say that's a reach out when we can't be sure what her intention is but she's clearly trying to start up some kind of connection however if you want to respond to it the most important thing is that you don't bring this whole story into it right because <laughs> this is like a little there's like already a novel on, on this where it's like you've got this idea that you had this thing in year 10 and then this and this and this and this and this and happen she may have a totally different interpretation of events to the one that you've remembered so this is a good opportunity to clean slate this as much as you can let go of all of the the assumptions that you might have made about her and her motivations and just be like cool this is someone who I knew from the past who I thought was cute in school she's reached out you know what I'm in the mood to say hello as well and start talking but don't overthink it and don't assume Oh, that's such good advice not to bring the past up because that is exactly what he was going to do. Go straight into it with, do you remember 1993? Okay, here's another email. Catherine, here's a little bit about me and my situation. I'm a 27-year-old professional living and working in London. I currently live at home with my father to save some money to eventually buy my own place. I'm single. I have never had a boyfriend. At the age of 27, now, all my closest friends are in relationships and I feel left behind. I've had my fair share of one-night stands in my time. I've gone on a few dates, but that's as far as it goes with an individual. I'll admit, I have self-confidence issues that could be contributing to this. My parents went through a messy divorce years ago, which has definitely contributed to my anxieties around long-term relationships and caused major trust issues too. Another problem is that I hate online dating. I find it so awkward and a tad embarrassing. Dates freak me out too, so I'm really at a loss. Where am I supposed to find a partner? Does love at first sight exist? Will I meet the man of my dreams randomly? Who knows? Oh, and they've attached a recent photo. A very handsome man. Okay. Okay, so I always think it's not about the where with dating, it's about the how. Mm. So I get asked a lot, like, which dating app is the one where all the good people are? And I'm sure before that it was like, where do all the great people hang out? Yeah. But it, again, that's in that mindset. You're kind of thinking like, I just need to turn up to the right location online or in real life. And that's where, you know, our jackpot. And that's not what it's about. And I think, you know, as this person writes, it is all about how we're approaching stuff. You can meet amazing people online. You can meet amazing people offline. But the common denominator there is you. Um, confidence if that's something to work on confidence you know isn't isn't a light switch and another kind of annoying piece of dating advice is just be confident that's usually not accessible for people but what can help to build confidence is to start to take small actions towards your goals so if your goal is i would actually like to have a longer run relationship with someone what little mini actions can you take today which sort of that which line up with that so you may not feel comfortable to stroll across the beer garden towards someone that you think is attractive but you may be able to smile at them and make eye contact likewise with the online dating thing you may not feel like you know going on that real life date but could you have that zoom date it's all about is there like a little small step which leads you towards the outcome that you want that you can negotiate with yourself that you can feel safe and comfortable taking today maybe move out of the divorced dad house um well this this is a really good thing to end on i think because yeah where does the stigma about not just being single but here we have from this listener online dating come into play. He said he finds it awkward and embarrassing, but we've evolved 
to have extra tools to increase our outreach to find a meaningful connection. So where does this attitude come from and how do we solve it? I think, you know, I think dating can sometimes feel generally a bit vulnerability inducing and a bit because of that awkward. And it's like sometimes being able to own up to what we want and to say, like, we're still in the process of figuring that out, that can be pretty hard. And it's about actually getting to the point where you're like, you know, what, I actually accept I would quite like to meet someone, whether that's for something meaningful and long run or something meaningful and not so long run. So get to that point of acceptance. And, you know, it's also about loving yourself enough that you don't find the idea of you putting yourself out there or interacting with people as this big awkward thing and sometimes something that can help with that is changing your intention so instead of being like oh I'm on the dating site because you know I want to you know meet the one or some big pressure inducing goal like that just be like you know what I'm open to meeting new people at the moment I'm open to being surprised shift the intention so it doesn't feel so massive and overwhelming and as well get really comfortable with accepting what you want Well, thank you so much for your time, Haley. I think I've learned a lot and I'm so happy for the listeners that they actually get to to get the advice from a real expert instead of just me fumbling around. I don't think you fumble around that much. I think that was some solid advice there and thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I very much hope that you enjoyed this special bonus episode of Telling Everybody Everything. Please email me for advice during any episode it doesn't have to be relationship and dating advice telling everybody everything at gmail.com we know that the dating landscape has changed attitudes towards dating and relationship have changed as a result of the pandemic particularly and i know singles are facing a unique pressure but i want you to be confident i want you to be happy i want you to be empowered so go out in the world and try something new because everyone's journey is different Whether you're looking for connection or just an enriching experience, Match is committed to commitment and loves love. It wants to encourage singles to start something real and to date positive. Every date, good or bad, should be meaningful, whether that's learning something about yourself or discovering something new. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.